Let's do this. What is virtualization? You're going to learn today. Innovate like a startup. Deliver like an enterprise. I hope you're coffeeed up and ready because it's going to be a great day. I know you're going to dig this. Oh, yeah. You're listening to the Virtually Speaking Podcast with Pedro Aero and John Nicholson. Good afternoon and welcome to the Virtually Speaking Podcast, episode number 184. My name is Pete Fletcher, a.k.a. Pedro Arrow, and joining me once again is Mr. John Nicholson. John, long time, buddy. Yeah, it's, it's been a while. You know, I, I, as things have been kind of opening up here, I've, I've kind of been wandering out and getting outside more and going and doing things and... Yeah, I kind of forget to call you, so it's uh, good to chat, Pete. <laughs> yeah, that's hilarious. Yeah, yeah, man, it's been a while since we've podcasted. It's definitely been a while since we've uh, podcasted about the uh, top VMware admin tools. You may remember we did this uh, in 2019, in the, the summer of 2019. And uh, yeah, 2020 just kind of disappeared for most people in a lot of ways, but <laughs> we didn't do it in 2020. Uh, but yeah, we, we brought it back by popular demand. Uh, you know, the, the tools changed. You know, some of the tools that we reviewed last time, they were flipped. Things. They're now fully baked into vSphere. Um, some of the other tools are still staying strong in the top. Uh, you know, we've got some new entries. And so I was definitely surprised. We we polled uh, just about 100 folks and uh, we got some interesting results. Some not so surprising in terms of the top five. Uh, but yeah, definitely some changes in rank. I'm looking forward to, to going through the list. And, uh, you know, if we're talking top tools, we can't do that without our good friends. Uh, and I want to introduce them and welcome them back to the podcast, starting with our good buddy, Duncan Epping. Duncan, welcome back to the podcast. Thanks, guys. If you don't know Duncan, yeah, you, uh, you, I don't understand why you're listening to this podcast, but for those of you that don't know Duncan, you can go to yellow-bricks.com. He's there. He's also on Twitter at DuncanYB. Uh, yeah, Duncan, thanks for joining us again on this uh, on this uh, Top 10 Admin Tools podcast. No problem. And one thing I probably should mention as well is that I'm actually starting a podcast. Uh, unfortunately, for the majority of listeners, it's going to be in Dutch. But if you're Dutch and you're interested, make sure you know to look up the In the Aap Gelogeerd podcast. And I'm doing it together with Johan and Frank. You probably know those guys as well. So it's going to be an interesting one. You stole my thunder. I was literally just about to plug that. And I'm glad you did because I would have destroyed the name. <laughs> I've been staring yeah. at his name on my computer like In the Abgelade podcast. But I, I, I don't think I came close. Yeah, so oh, yeah. For, so for the, for the folks who are English and think, you know, what the f*** does that actually mean in Aapgelogeerd? Well, it actually means, uh, you know, it refers to an old uh, hotel that used to, you know, was part of Amsterdam or somewhere in Amsterdam, whatever it was. And it was a very bad place to stay at. So basically what we're doing with this podcast is we're going to be discussing all types of user scenarios, you know, that, you know, could potentially be weird situations, but we're also going to cover other stuff. It's it's, it's kind of related to what, you know, we did with the VMUG back in the day. So it's kind of like, you know, with the community, you know, for the community and by the community. That's kind of the thought around the, uh, the podcast. It's awesome. So there's not going to be an English translation for guys like me and John or... <laughs> nope, we're not planning. We're not planning. But who knows, right? Well, yeah, thanks. Thanks, Duncan. Also joining us from Virtually Ghetto, oops, I mean WilliamLamb.com, is our good friend William Lamb. William, welcome back, buddy. Hey, man, thanks for having me. I saw recently on Twitter, you were talking about Fling. I know you're you're heavily involved with doing the flings. And I saw a tweet about like, I think like the top five flings. I think you had your hand in about three or four of them. Yeah, just a few of them. <laughs> <laughs> Keep it busy. Yeah. Well, some of those were on our list and some of them actually are some of the ones that actually got converted into into vSphere. So that's 
That's when you know you got a good fling is when it's no longer a fling and it's actually part of a product. Good stuff. All right, yeah. So why don't we start? Guys, as you know, the, the list has changed. Uh, we surveyed about 100 folks. It was 97, to be specific, uh, that did the poll. And uh, we got some interesting uh, comments. I want to share those as well as we go through. But let's start Let's start from, from 10. We'll, we'll count our way up. Uh, coming in at number 10 this year, did not even make the top 10 last year. So it's a new entry, is the vSAN ReadyNode Sizer. John, I think you know a little bit about that one. Yeah, so this is a, a great tool for figuring out what your workloads are and what type of vSAN configuration you would um, you would size for that. I mean, it's kind of in the name. Uh, some of the favorite features of this tool is it actually can import from some other tools that we will be discussing, uh, like RV tools, as well as also live optic virtual assessment. It can also break down kind of what the overheads and things are that like. Uh, Duncan, you've spent some time with this. Yeah, it's not one of the things that I enjoy doing most. Um, but, you know, then again, it's one of those things that you, you know, essentially have to do occasionally, right? When you start having these discussions with customers, trying to figure out what it is that they're looking for. And, you know, hopefully they engage you at the right moment in time. So it basically allows you to start, you know, creating these designs for customers based on one the workloads that they are running. I, I think it's a great solution, not just for us, for, for the VMware people, but also for our partners. Yeah. It, it's being used by you know probably thousands of people worldwide, especially if you consider you know, the number of vSAN deployments out there. I think it's a very valuable tool. So two quick tips with this, if you're using this tool, uh, go to the release notes. Uh, this tool gets updated as often as monthly. And so there may be new features. Also, there's a vSAN quick sizer. This is kind of a reverse sizer of you can spit out a hardware configuration and it'll tell you what's usable rather than trying to get trying to do kind of a forward traditional sizing of I have this, what should I build? Yeah. And some of you may wonder why on earth would you need a reverse size? Well, let me tell you, mm -hmm. there are a lot of customers apparently that somehow just buy hardware. And then after the fact, they want to figure out, you know, what can I actually run on top of the hardware? It seems like, you know, the reversed way of doing things, but unfortunately it does happen fairly often, right, John? There's some very good server salesmen out there. I mean, maybe <laughs> it's just people had budget end of year and they're like, I'm going to buy these 10 nodes and figure out what I'll do with them later. But um, yeah, no, I, I would also encourage everyone to figure out what you need before you buy it. But, you know, that's its own podcast topic. So uh, moving on. <laughs> yeah. For sure. Funny comment that came on on the uh, somebody added in the comments of the poll. They said their favorite tool is ironically the worst tool for them, and that is the <laughs> and that is the vSAN Ready Note Sizer. Apparently, they live by it, they love it, but I, I think they want some changes to it. So, <laughs> I asked for feedback on what they want. We'll see what comes back. Well, it could also be that it bums them out that they just need to keep on buying new stuff, right? Why? You never know what the reason is. Yeah. You know, it could be running out of budget or whatever it is. It's, uh, I know that those things could, can be challenging. Uh, I've been in those situations. Well, you know, we can get away with five servers and then you need to go back to your manager and say, hey, unfortunately, we need another three. It's it's just difficult. Oh, yeah. So no, coming in at number nine uh, is HCI Bench. This is a, a tool for HCI environments if you're trying to check performance. Uh, this is this is a common tool. You don't only have to use this for vSAN, though, right? This is a HCI tool that can be used for any HCI, right, John? I mean, you can also use this to benchmark even if you've got some traditional storage. I've seen people benchmark their old environment and benchmark their new. Um, this is a tool. So benchmarking is hard. I just want to say uh, benchmarking is an activity that inherently most of us, if we just are like, I'm going to go run a benchmark, you're fundamentally going to do something bad. You're going to not uh, scale out the number of workers appropriately. You're going to misread something. And HCI Bench tries to make what is a, kind of a hard process of of identifying, you know, what something can hold without just trying to break it. Um, 
it, it helps manage that. So it'll scale out VD bench and it uses, you know, industry standard tools, yeah. um, FIO and so forth for generating our VD bench, but it, it helps do that in a way that's easy, predictable, scalable, repeatable. And so it's, you know, um, this way, the next time when someone's wanting to test something, I just ask, please don't go grab, you know, disk speed or crystal disk or something and run a single VM. Like that's, that's not, I mean, I, maybe if your production environment is just a single VM, sure, do that. But HCI bench will help you uh, test at scale what scale will look like. So yeah, I, I, I fully agree with John. I think it's probably one of those tools that, that helps our customers the most, especially those who want to you know, figure out what their environment is capable of, or maybe if they collect collected the trace of what you know current workload is doing, then they can actually repeat that on a different environment as well. I think that's also where it comes into uh, into play. And I see our POC guys using it all the time, and you know those guys were extremely happy as soon as this was was released as a as a fling, and you know nothing but good I've heard of the tool. So and I we've used it in a lab a million times and i always point customers to it as well it's a, it's a very valuable solution as john mentioned right people make a lot of mistakes when it comes to doing these performance tests it's always difficult to repeat them and that's what this tool actually does extremely good and i think what i appreciate the most is that it sets the whole environment up for you it creates the virtual machines it injects the workload etc cetera, etc cetera. it gathers all of the information all of the log files all of the data is collected and then exposes it through a ui so it's just amazing one one last thing is this is also helpful as kind of a smoke test even if you're not super interested like your workload you're, you're confident the performance is going to be there this will if you run this and you get some really anomalous results that may point to maybe you've got a bad switch port or something like this can help you just make sure you're ready to, to rock for production yeah the other thing too is that it's interesting it's not just only uh useful for on-premises environment we're also seeing uh hci bench getting used in vmware cloud and aws infrastructure as well as some of the other hyper scalers so similar some similarities right being able to see what the cloud infrastructure is available to you uh, before you kind of do your sizing we'll, we'll have to call it multi multi-cloud hci hybrid bench <laughs> well no no that's too long We'll just keep ATI Bench. Well, that makes sense, ATI Bench, right? Because that is what some of our industry partners, you know, use ATI for as well, hybrid cloud infrastructure. So, you know, it makes ah, sense. It yeah, fits. it applies. <laughs> yeah, all right. So number number eight, I hadn't heard of myself. I saw it on the list, but I hadn't used it before, uh, is this M Remote NG. Essentially, it's a fork of M Remote, which is an open source tab multi-protocol remote connections manager. It works with a bunch of protocols, RDP, VNC, uh, SSH, Telnet, et cetera. But uh, I haven't used that myself. Has any of you guys used that tool before? No, first I'm hearing about it, actually. Oh, okay. Yeah. I've used mRemote in the past. I have never used mRemote NG, to be honest. But um, I mean, mRemote by itself, but any remoting tool, of course, is very valuable, especially when you have, you know, given number of virtual machines that you need to access fairly frequently. I think for the majority of the, you know, virtualization administrators, they will just use the vCenter interface. Mm. But if you're also an application administrator or, you know, you're kind of doing everything, then this comes in extremely handy, especially when you have multiple tabs, et cetera, et cetera. It just makes things easier. When it, I like that it also uh, does SSH, so you can be you can use it to connect to all your switches and other networking devices. Um, just always pay attention to which tab you're on. Don't 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 put the wrong VLANs. Don't don't prune a VLAN from the wrong switch. So. <laughs> My, my only caution is I used to use some of these multi-tab types of tools and uh, you make the mistake once and you don't do it again. <laughs>
Yeah, that's one of the nice benefits of something like this is that you don't have to download multiple clients, right? I mean, traditionally, you would have something for Microsoft RDP, you have ICA, you know, I still use Putty quite a bit as, a, as an old school tool, oh, but you're not having to download multiple of these clients, you forget, you know, if you have it installed on a particular desktop. And so being able to have a single tool uh, to manage it and then have kind of tab management is, is quite nice, right? And hopefully there's some colorizations or labels on it to make it clear so you don't make some mistakes like John has. <laughs> yeah, somebody put in the comments, uh, they put M Remote NG pretty high on their list, but they actually prefer Royal ITSX, which is freely available for V experts. Another one I hadn't heard of, but yeah, Royal TSX is good. I've used that one. All right, moving along. This one was on the list last year. It was number seven last year. Sorry, it was number six last year, and now it's number seven. It's As Built Reports. This is from uh, Tim Carmen. I don't know if you guys remember As Built Reports. They did a, a presentation at VMworld a few years back showing this showing this tool uh, that essentially documents. It's a documentation framework that uh, uses PowerShell, and it uh, it generates a full report of your environment. So it's like a dynamic and you know it dynamically collects the information and and gives you like a full runbook. So pretty cool tool. I think they, I think they were like one of the number one sessions at VMworld a few years back talking about this tool. But uh, as built reports, have you guys, do you guys know Tim or have you heard of that tool before? Yep. Yeah. I think it's, um, I think it's focuses on like config management. So there's a framework behind it um, to be able to provide that for you. And it's always useful when you're building, whether it's manual or even automated, right. To be able to have that output of that infrastructure for documentation purposes, especially if you're a consultant, you build it once, right. You want to be able to provide your customer with the output that way they can refer to in the future, put it into a CMDB. So these types of um, reporting or diagramming tools are very, very uh, popular. I guess the only thing to say is that one of the issues I have, and I'm probably, you know, I I'm, should say I don't necessarily have an issue with the solution itself, but one of the problems I have with these types of solutions in general is that there's about, you know, maybe 20 or 30 different versions of the same thing. Yeah. Right. I wish that more of these people would just work together and actually focus on creating this really, really awesome solution. Although I've looked at this solution in the past and I think it's a great solution. So it provides basically anything you would need, not just for VMware, but also for different partner-based solutions. So whether it's hardware or, you know, operating system, whatever it is, I think that is really cool. But as you will see with the rest of the, uh, the, the top 10, there's a number of, you know, these types of solutions in there, which come, which are fairly close to what these, this thing is doing. So it would right. be nice if they could be integrated or you know, somehow collaborate to create this one Uber tool, I think that would probably you know, kill the rest of it off. I mean, that, that's my opinion. So I get your point, but I will say, it, I think it's kind of the beauty of the community is, and, and you'll see as, as Duncan alluded to, that there are several tools that made the top 10 that are based off of PowerShell. Uh, and then so that's kind of cool that there's so many people that are using PowerShell that are making different tools and making life easier for others, for themselves and for others, and they share that. Uh, I, I see the value of, of combining to get like one great tool. But I also like the idea of people creating different things and having sort of like a, you know, an open source community, if you will, uh, of uh, of tools that are based on something as dependent as PowerShell. And perfect segue to the next one, which is uh, number six here. It's called V Diagram, uh, and this this was originally uh, built by a good friend of ours, Alan Renouf. We all know Alan well, and uh, yeah, so Alan created this PowerShell script uh, early days, and then it was picked up by a couple of guys. I don't know this gentleman, Jay Trainmar, and uh, at V Diagram Tony. 
two gentlemen that uh, picked up that tool from Alan and created a version 2.0, uh, and they still manage it on GitHub. And so it's still a very popular tool, this V diagram. That was one that some folks had submitted to me offline before we did the poll uh, that thought that it should it should be in the in the running. And, and, as, it, and as such, it did make the top 10. So V diagram, guys, I'm sure you've heard of it. Yeah. I mean, this is one of those tools. And I've, man, I've said this a, a dozen of times you know, to the engineers. <laughs> we had this functionality in the freaking product years ago, right? It was <laughs> actually part of this, this mapping, mapping function. Client. Exactly. The mapping functionality was in the freaking client. And I told them, this is something that we should port over because it's very useful to see these relationships between all of the different components. Well, they said, well, we're not sure if customers are actually using it. It's very difficult to you know, build it into the product. That was with the previous client. And then when we moved over to the H5 client, said the same thing. Now, guess what? There's a reason that this tool is on the sixth place, in my opinion, because it's very it's very useful just to see the relationships between the virtual machine, the data store, the host that it's running on, the cluster that it's running on, et cetera, et cetera. If anything goes wrong, you can quickly figure out where the issue is. So you know, very valuable solution. And it's awesome to see that something that Alan Renouf created, and we all know he hasn't scripted in you know probably over 10 years <laughs> now because he's a product manager, and it's yeah. still valuable today. How awesome is that? Mm-hmm. You know, it's... I- I'm just terrible at Visio layout, so the idea of something automatically building them um, is fantastic. Also, oh yeah, that's that's the biggest piece, right? Is the the ease of you know visually laying these things out there, and then if as you change the environment, it's just literally running the script. You can schedule it, and so now you have a real time you know visual logical diagram of your infrastructure, which is not really easy to do, even with the vSphere client. There wasn't an easy way of exporting that information out there, right? So I think there's a lot of value of having something as an offline tool. Is that something that works in uh, VMware Cloud on AWS as well, or? Uh, yeah, I think it just uses APIs. I mean, ultimately, that, that's how it's built, right? Is that it talks to the APIs and, and there's a number of different plugins. Um, and you basically insert the different diagrams you can use. I've not tried it on VMware Cloud and AWS, but I've done it, uh, used it in a while in the past before and it definitely works quite well. So. Okay. All right. So we're in the top five now. And the funny thing about the top five is these, these are some of the tried and true tools that a lot of admins use. But there's definitely been some some shifting in terms of placing. Starting with number five, vCenter Converter was actually came in at number nine last time, and uh, and now it's all the way up to the top five. So I found that interesting. Uh, vCenter Converter it quickly converts local and remote physical machines into virtual machines without any downtime. So obviously a very powerful tool. You know, two decades in, and there's still a lot of P2V. Funny enough. Uh, vCenter converter from, you know, from my day job, you know, these days looking after VMware cloud, it's still heavily being used. And there's actually a lot of physical infrastructure that's still being converted to date, right. uh, not only for, for uh, physical hardware, but also from non vSphere based infrastructure. Uh, and so we certainly see a lot of customers going hybrid or in fact, data center evacuation is completely getting out of the data center business and vCenter convert funny enough is still that tool to date um, that customers are leveraging to convert and migrate um, their toolings. One thing to note is that um, I think the vCenter converter, the latest version, has been officially end of life. And so from a compatibility standpoint, the furthest you can go is actually up to vSphere 6.7. And so for customers who do need to go to 7.0 or later, uh, having a vSphere 6.7 environment uh, around is useful to kind of get your infrastructure up to a relatively new version of vSphere. And then from there, you can use the cross vCenter fling or migration or even just an offline export but that's something to be aware of i find it funny that (laughs) this is ranking so high and we've abandoned this product yeah as Um, a matter of fact i'm looking at the the analytics for the top five and the vcenter converter actually received five number one place votes (laughs) so yeah it's still a tool that people use which it, it kind of surprises me 
Yeah, I guess it kind of depends also, you know, first of all, who voted and, you know, where were they in that whole, you know, process in terms of virtualization, there's a virtualizing their estate, et cetera, et cetera. So some yeah. cases, may, for some people may still be very valuable. And the other thing that I've noticed recently, because I've saw, seen an uptake in people asking questions about vCent converter as well. And in the majority of cases, these are actually customers who are now migrating for from Hyper-V or a KVM-based hypervisor, ah. you know, either back to or for the very first time uh, towards vSphere. So of course, we've all seen those environments that moved away from vSphere to another hypervisor. After a couple of years, they figured out, you know, although the licenses was, you know, may have been cheaper, it didn't really perform the way it performed. It wasn't as manageable as we expected it to be. So they're now moving back. So they need the tool to move back. Ah, okay. That makes sense. Yeah. And the other thing too is that, you know, we all know about VMware HCX, you know, kind of the Swiss army knife for cloud migration. You know, they do have a new capability that got added in several releases ago called OSOM or OS Assistant Migration. They are starting to pick up some of the use cases coming from vCenter Converter into Duncan's point, uh, migrating from non-vSphere-based environments. Uh, and we're starting to see a lot of uptick in that. And so for some use cases that vCenter Converter was supporting, um, you know, you can definitely take a look at HCX um, and take advantage of that OS Assistant Migration feature. There's also just other ways to do a V2V or P2V, uh, you're using your backup software. So just do a backup and restore operation is another really popular one, particularly if that uh, system can handle that, you know, creating a new VMware image, doing the restore there. Um, that can sometimes be a pretty quick method to get some things converted. Nice, nice. All right, getting closer here. Number four, uh, this one was actually number three in 2019, uh, is again, Alan Renouf, VCheck. Uh, this is probably the first tool I ever heard of uh, and when it comes to VMware environments. Uh, I remember talking to Alan early, early days about this. And uh, yeah, it's it's a tool that people still use, which is crazy how long ago he created this. But essentially, for those of you that don't know, it, it's based on a PowerShell framework that it pulls information about your environment. Uh, it, it's based off key known issues. And then it gives you a report in the morning that tells you if there's anything going on in your environment. So it's a quick way for you to get a, a view of what's going on in your environment and, and be aware of any potential problems problems. I mean, what I think is probably most important about this tool, and William can probably talk more about, you know, the way they developed this, because I'm pretty sure that William was somehow involved in, in, in writing some of the code. But I think probably what is most important about this thing and why it's still in the top 10 and why it's this high is because it was built in a modular fashion and people, you know, are provided the capability to extend it or, you know, add create additional modules, et cetera, et cetera. Right, William? I think that's probably one of the most important aspects of this tool. No, that's a great point. I mean, it initially started from, you know, VMware and vSphere-based environments, but, you know, Alan kind of knew, you know, for administrators, there's a lot of things that they're managing, right? And VMware and, and our technology is one part of the stack, right? And so the modularity and the um, ease of use for PowerShell allowed him to easily extend this into Active Directory, Exchange, networking, and it really built a community around it. And in fact, it's being updated. I'm just looking at it right now, and there's just so many different modules that are being contributed from non-VMware-based uh, infrastructure, right? Because again, this concept of being able to just quickly come into the office and take a look at what are the things you need to worry about rather than having to log into each system is really, really valuable, right? So I think that community aspect and the modularity that you mentioned, Duncan, really, really stands the test of time for these types of tools going forward. Oh, yeah. All right, so coming in at number three, was actually number four in 2019, uh, is a popular tool we all know called ESX Top. 
Now, ESX Top, even though it came in at third, it actually received four first-place votes uh, and 17 second-place votes. It's a great command-line tool that you can, that can be used to collect data and provide real-time information about the usage of your, of your environment, whether we're talking about CPU or, or memory or disk and even network usage. So I know this is something that uh, we've talked to the support folks, and, and they actually use in VMware support. So I know this is uh, one of those tools that uh, is accessible to the community, but also actually used by VMware support. Support as well. Yeah, not just by support. I think by anyone within VMware that has done anything for a customer, right? The PSO folks typically use this when they do performance troubleshooting. When there's any kind of issue they need to figure out or debug and figure out what, what's happening, ESX Top is being used by a lot of people. And as you mentioned, it's primarily for performance reasons. I mean, if you open up ESX Top, you see all of the different performance stats, you see all of the counters. You've got so many different metrics in front of you. Not only can you see it live, you can have it updated every you know two seconds or whatever it is, but you can also dump all of the information into a CSV file. And then start analyzing the CSV file with any of the tools that you prefer to use, right? So, you know, I've used Excel. Um, I've used, you know, a whole slew of tools for with ESX Top. I even wrote a whole page on my website about ESX Top with all of the different counters, what the counters are, what the, you know, values roughly uh, should be or should be below. And I think it's one of those things, you know, it's very difficult at first when you look at it, but when you understand the power and the relationship between different metrics, it, you know, it's an extremely valuable tool to use. Yeah, not only that, the tool is also being constantly updated. And in fact, um, there's this blog, what is it? Yellow something bricks. Is that is that the blog? Yeah, yellow bricks. Yellow bricks. You know, there's actually new stats. I think um, a while back ago, there were some new vSense stats, right, Duncan, that got added into it. So I mean, like the tool itself is actually still being up to date. It's not just a kind of classical CPU storage and memory, but some of our net new capabilities of the platform we're adding those metrics and continue making the tool valuable. Yeah, and this happens basically with every release. So for instance, for vVols, when we introduced virtual volumes, there were metrics added for VVOLs. When we added vSAN, there were metrics added for vSAN. We now added a whole section for vSAN itself. So there are metrics around that. If you're not a vSAN customer, we have metrics for traditional storage as well. So if you do VMFS, NFS, you can look at the virtual disk, you can look at the HPA, you can look at the device itself. What is it? You know, EDU is the shortcut, and then you can find DAVG and CAVG there. Like it's all of it. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And that's it. that makes it extremely valuable. It has all of the different components. And like I've done with multiple customers in the past when I was still working working for PSO, I would just dump the data in a CSV file then start creating these graphs. And then through these graphs, you would be able to find the relationships between the different issues that you have. Because in some cases, you, you may you know, experience you know, storage issues or whatever it is, or slowness from a CPU or memory perspective, but it could be you know, a different reason for it. And that's the only way you can find out is by dumping the data in a CSV file and analyze it in a broader fashion. Yeah, the, the another cool thing about this tool is that it's uh, also being actively used in VMware cloud-based environments. The reason I know is I get pinged about this all the time around automation. <laughs> And although ESX Top is a ESXi shell utility, meaning that you have to SSH into a particular ESXi host, which is generally not a problem for an on-premises environment, but when you look at VMware cloud-based environments like AWS, Google, and Azure, customers don't have direct ESXi access. But the nice thing about this capability is we actually have a remote version of this utility called our ESX Top. And what it does is it uses the vSphere APIs gives you the exact same information, but now you can do this remotely. You can do this, you can communicate with vCenter. So instead of talking to a specific ESXi host, I can actually authenticate once, use role-based access control from there. And funny enough, we actually have a number of customers who continue to use this tool to understand their workloads, especially when things aren't working the way that they should be. Uh, and in VMware Cloud AWS, you can just use the cloud admin account and everything works just like the on-premise version. So that's something that not a lot of people even realize is possible. Yeah. 
Yeah, I hadn't. I didn't know that. I remember there was the UI version, but I didn't know about the remote one. Wow, that's that's fun. Nice. All right, we're down to the top two, and uh, I will tell you this: I was surprised uh, at the at the way the list unfolded. Uh, last year, it seemed like it was a the number one was a no brainer, uh, and it was hardly a close second. But certainly, the close second last year uh, actually became the number one this year. So, so coming in at number two uh, was number one in 2019 is actually RV Tools by Rob Devej, Deve, I, I don't know how to pronounce his last name, but really nice Rob guy. I've talked Deve. To. Rob Devey. Rob Devey. Rob Devey. Anyway, Rob's a really nice guy. I've talked to him a couple of times. Uh, he, he he actually uh, declined to come on the podcast. He said he was a little shy for that, but he he's definitely appreciative. He even posted a link to our podcast by the tool and stuff. So he was very thankful. But yeah, this is a tool I think that most people in the VMware community are very familiar with. It's amazing how many things you can do with this tool. It's you know you connect it to your vCenter environment and you can get all kinds of information, whether it's status about your VM, CPU, memory, disk partitions, network, floppy drives, CDs, snapshots. VMware tools, resource pools, clusters, the, the list goes on. HBAs, NICs, switches, ports. I mean, this thing is the kind of tool that John and I have joked about many times that uh, this is the kind of tool that should just be acquired and wrapped right into the VMware product because it it pretty much shows you everything you need to know. Yeah, this is, this is one of the things I probably said it last year as well. It has surprised me that no one you know has made an offer to Rob to pick up the tool, right? Whether it's Veeam or any of the other companies out there. It's one of those things that this tool is literally used by thousands, if not tens of thousands of people, probably even more than that. They, I think he had hundreds of thousands of downloads. It, it, it's crazy. And if you look at the, the, the information that it spits out, it's not just being used for, you know, for troubleshooting, whether you have a limit or a reservation set on CPU or memory, et cetera, et cetera. People are now also using the tool to gather information, to create the design. So you can grab the information that comes out of RV tools and then put it into something like the vSAN ReadyNote sizer to size your environment. It's it's mm-hmm. it's insane what this guy has been you know able to produce. And just to remind everyone, this is a single guy in the Netherlands just you know building something in his garage or his basement just because he likes to do <laughs> this kind of stuff. It's and it gives it away for free. Come on. Yeah. Yeah, it's incredible. Insane. It's uh, you know, it, this is a tool that yeah, I've seen every SE I've ever known, you know, seems to have used this tool at some point to size, especially storage. Um, when I was a consultant, I would actually use this tool for customers. I would do a quick health check where they would send over just the output and I'd sit there for an hour and review just the configuration and then give them a quick, you know, 30 minute meeting summary of like, hey, here's six things wrong in your environment. Uh, let's do a follow on. We would basically use that as a leading hook to do actual consulting. Just doing a quick assessment of the RV tools output. This is this is a tool that surfaces a lot of useful information that's in a very easy to read format. Yeah, and it kind of shows Rob's impact, right? By by developing this tool, and it, and it is one of the interfaces that we accept within the vSAN sizer and as well as the VMC sizer, right? Really, it goes to show like you know how many customers actually use it that we want to be able to make that an easy input that we can take in, absorb it, and help our customers size out, whether it's storage or even VMware Cloud SCDCs. So huge props to to Rob for continuing that community project. Yeah, and this is one of the things I said to other vendors as well, right? A lot of people have, you know, their customers using his tool 
it would be nice to sponsor the guy. I know he's got a couple of ads on his website. So if you're one of those companies, whether it's us, you know, or anyone else in the industry that actually leverages his tool, you know, give the guy a couple of bucks, you know, sponsor his website. It's probably mm. literally going to be, you know, 150 euros, 200 euros, whatever it is that he asks for uh, for one of the banner ads. And it's, it's worth it. You know, there's thousands, tens of thousands of people using it. So your name will pop up regularly. And, you know, only if you only sell like, you know, two or three boxes, whatever it ends up being, it's a nice return on investment. Well, he's had over a million downloads of that tool. So, and I know exactly Beam's involved in some way or not. I, I think in order to, to download the tool for free, which obviously it's free, uh, you just register with, with Veeam. So hopefully they're, they're taking care of them. But I agree. This is the kind of thing that I personally think VMware should be pulling in because it's, it's so widely used and helpful. But yeah, who am I? All right, that takes us to the number one. Uh, the number one was number two in 2019. Uh, and it's definitely, you know, along the same theme, we've been talking a lot about PowerShell to tools that are based on PowerShell. And so the number one this year is PowerCLI, uh, which is obviously the command line tool that's built on Windows PowerShell. Uh, provides, it says, I think it's, it said, the last time I checked was more than 600 commandlets. But the good thing about PowerCLI is it's constantly growing. I mean, you know, we do a lot of work with vSAN. The, pow the PowerCLI commandlets. Every time a new version of vSAN comes out, there's new new commandlets for PowerCLI. And I know that that spreads all the way across VMware. So this is a tool that has been fully embraced by VMware and is definitely something that is uh, widely used among the VMware community. Quick correction, Pete. It's not for Windows. It's been multi-platform for several, several years. And I think that's really what's made it uh, even more powerful than it is these days. Uh, in fact, there's a lot of uh, folks who are traditionally come from like a Linux-based background. You know, I've spoken with some and they came to learn about PowerShell and PowerCLI and just realizing how easy it is to use. And I still use it on a day-to-day -day basis, especially for prototyping. Uh, you know, it really is designed for administrators and even for folks who might do hardcore programming. They actually really like the, the high-level abstraction that Microsoft has built into PowerShell. And so you're right, it's absolutely super powerful. We've got commandlets for uh, vSphere LCM, vSphere with Tanzu. Uh, we even have commandlets for NSXT for VMware Cloud. And so, yeah, the, the number of modules, I stopped counting, to be honest with you. You know, if you need something, Google it or take a look at the documentation and you'll generally find a, a commandlet that covers some of the functionality you're looking for. Yeah, the, the PowerCLI got 41 first place votes and 16 second place votes. So just about half of the people that took the survey put it at number one. So it's it's definitely a tool that's widely used for sure. Yeah, I think when it comes to PowerCLI, I don't think anyone is surprised that this one is number one, right? I mean, for the longest time of... I wouldn't say for the longest time, but it, it always has been difficult for people to start that automation process. But as soon as they get started, you know, they get familiar with, you know, people in the industry that have done a lot of in this space, you know, they, they visit William's website and see all of the examples. They go to community forums. They see someone like Luke Dakins, who, you know, literally responds to every single request within two to three minutes. And he spits yeah. out, you know, another one-liner or, you know, gives them a hint or tip where they should be looking. As soon as they figure out, you know, how it works and what it can actually deliver to them, you know, they're they go all in. So I'm not surprised that it's number one. And it probably was surprising that it hasn't been number one since day one, because this is, you know, one of those tools that everyone should be using when they can. Where should people go if they want to to learn more power CLI? I mean, where what would be the top places you would point them to? Well, you know, I would probably say William's website, not necessarily to learn power CLI, but to get more familiar around what you can get from PowerCLI itself. Personally, I'm a big fan of the VMware community. I still literally spend an hour, an hour and a half per day on the VMware community forums to figure out what kind of questions people are asking. I don't spend any time answering questions 
uh, in the policy life section, but I can guarantee you there's a few people there that, you know, will give you pointers and directions and will either point, you know, to a script that already does something similar, or, you know, they will at least give you a hint or tip or, you know, point you to the documentation to figure it out. But I'm pretty sure that William has got some other great references where you could learn all about PowerCLI because, you know, you need to get started in some shape or form, right? Yeah, no, I don't disagree with Duncan's assessment. I think, to be honest with you, because PowerCLI, it's built such a huge community, you know, for decade plus that literally today anything that you're looking for it's probably been solved and if it hasn't you know maybe i might have seen it i might have written something about it but i mean honestly if you just literally google what you're looking for nine out of ten times you're going to not only land on you know luke's response on the vmtn or another blogger but the answer is there for you right maybe with some minor edits and that's kind of what i've found with you know with some of the folks that are just getting started with automation and they kind of ask these questions whether it's internal or external and literally i will take their, their question put it into google and you'll get multiple answers and not only are they correct but you have multiple ways of learning about it so i would say getting started um is just trying it out you know alan and i used to talk about you know if you're just getting started all the git commandlets right git vm git host you know what it means you can't do anything destructive. If you really want to be safe, you know, set up a, a read-only account. That way you literally cannot make any changes to your infrastructure and start playing around with it, right? But I mean, honestly, anything that you're looking to automate these days, somebody has already done it already, or at least have some close examples. And if not, you know, Luke's probably still answering those questions on VMTN. Yeah. I do think that William raises an interesting point here, right? Because he just said someone has already done it. So you may want to look into it. But what he actually is saying is you may want to look into it. So read the script. Don't just randomly download stuff and try it and see if it actually does work, especially in this day, day and age of, you know, ransomware attacks and what have you. Read the script first, figure out what it does, make sure you understand every single line, and then you may want to try it. Maybe potentially in a test environment, which is isolated from the rest of the world, just to make sure, right? You don't want to get yourself in a situation where all of a sudden, you know, your complete environment is exposed to the internet. It's it, it's could get I, very I used nasty. to think the jokes about people whose entire job was just copying and pasting from Slack Overflow were overblown. And then you have people reach out or like, hey, I tried running this command from a blog you wrote five years ago. Yeah. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> like, I don't think Dude. that command still exists. Like what? 14 you- years ago, I wrote one script. I still get questions about it every single month, right? It, it literally slowed down the last two years. But before that, people were still asking me, you know, the um, the console that you were referring to, does that exist in ESXi? Um, <laughs> they're just running uh, in the no. local terminal on their Mac. Like, they're not, they're not it, it even does running not. on the right. Uh, I'm pretty sure Can that... Can you update this uh, service console script for me, please, Duncan? <laughs> exactly. That's what they're referring to, the service console. I'm like, dude... It's a long time ago that that actually worked. I should probably delete those scripts. It's crazy. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that in this in this group, probably the person with the most stories like this is going to be William. <laughs> How many questions do you get from people asking you, oh, I tried your script. Can you help me? Uh, just a few here and there. <laughs> well, I'll leave email's personal email address on the bottom of this podcast. So if you have any questions for him, be sure. Just kidding. <laughs> much, much appreciated. <laughs> Along with his well, phone number a- and everything else, yeah. William has a Patreon page for it, right? It's just, it just requires a small donation. It pays his mortgage, so you know it's all good. All right, gents. I think I think we've reached the oh a few comments. Let's see. The the, the comments were pretty funny on here. Let's see. Power CLI. What are all the other tools? <laughs> so yeah, it seems like most people are using Power CLI, right? Uh, oh, another guy says I haven't heard of half of these, but I'm looking forward to checking them out. Uh, one guy says he uses Veeam free backup utility. Uh, it saved him, uh, saved his rear a few times in a pinch. Uh, let's see. For, for the most part, just plain old Power CLI for me. 
what the explicative are most of these. Somebody said, uh, someone said putty should be on the list. If it was, I would have put it at position number three. Uh, X motion flings was another comment. VMware That's Workstation Pro. You don't need to use the, I mean, the fling's still around, but you know. Yeah. Uh, VMware Workstation Pro. Uh, people are, and a lot of people said, obviously, Power CLI, V Diagram, RV Tools, lots of mentions there. Uh, someone said, Automation Orchestrator, Operations Manager missing from the list and are the tools I use the most. So those were some of the, just a handful of the comments that came out there. But the overwhelming response for most people was RV Tools, Power CLI. But it's interesting to see all the other ones too. So, you know, I, I know everybody has a slightly different job. It's not like IT is the same job across, right? I mean, a lot of the conversation we've had, William is trying to sprinkle in how this applies in a cloud environment using VMware Cloud. And so things are different, but, you know, the, the purpose of this whole conversation is just to bring some light to some of the more common tools that people use and, and hopefully learn about a few other ones. Yeah, and I guess it will be interesting to see if things actually change next year. Right now, then we're starting to see more and more customers, you know, onboarding VMware Cloud on AWS. More and more customers starting to use the, the you know, these cloud native technologies, Tanzu and whatever it ends up being, yeah. maybe from another vendor. So I'm guessing that we'll start to see a shift as well in terms of the tools that are being used and what they are using them for potentially also. Yeah, for sure. You think we'll still see the uh, the the, the v, v Center converter? Yeah, maybe uh, to convert virtual machines to uh, to containers. That's one of those questions that regularly comes up. Hey, can I actually convert a virtual machine to a container? And what are you trying to do? And why are you trying to do this? Well, everyone does containers these days. It's awesome. It's cool. It's new. So I thought okay. Google had a thing for that. Sure. There was a lot of fanfare, and then we quickly all forgot about it. But <laughs> yeah, it's 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 it, it's actually an interesting comment. And although we kind of laugh a little bit about it, you know, there are services out there provided from some of the hyperscalers, uh, you know, looking at going from VM to container or app to container. Um, it's definitely an interesting space as you think about modernization and all that. So I think there's definitely a uh we'll start to start to see some repeats of, of these technologies in areas. And as we kind of look at more cloud native technologies, whether it's containers or even things like serverless, um, there's gonna be an ecosystem for that, right? So I think uh we will certainly see what comes out of that uh, in the coming years. Oh, serverless, you're just plugging your own tool, right? <laughs> I'm not even plugging my own tool. I'm huh? <laughs> so surprised that that one isn't listed, to be honest. it's. Uh, I'm sure that that one is going to pop up. William, just plug your tool. Come on. <laughs> Appreciate that, man. Um, so I'm working on this open source project with Michael Gash. Uh, it's called the VMware Event Broker Appliance Replication. Uh, it's it's, it's kind of or because it, it's built as a native Kubernetes application. And we really wanted to take a look at, you know, providing event-driven automation in a different manner. We initially supported vCenter, but we're suddenly looking at other offerings. Um, and at the end of the day, what it means is that, you know, you can basically pick up a particular event, like a VM powered off or a host gets disconnected or high CPU, and very easily, you can actually build event-driven automation, just the amount of code to send to Slack, send to ServiceNow. Um, and it's really resonating with a lot of customers. And so uh, we're able to take cloud-native technologies. You don't need to know anything about Kubernetes, but actually taking that and actually helping our VI admins in a different manner. And I feel like it's something that we've all done at some point in time, like, hey, this thing happens, I want it to do something, right? But mm -hmm. to write all that code, it's really difficult. And I feel oh, yeah. like uh, this is something that really is going to change some admins' lives. And we certainly have seen that with some of our customers. So appreciate that plug, Duncan. Yeah, yeah it's a cool sure. tool. And the funny, the funny thing is that it took me fairly long to figure out why anyone would use it. And then over the past couple of months, I've actually pointed multiple customers to the tool because they actually had a use case uh, that related to you know what the problem that the tool solves. So I think it's something that probably will be popping up more and more. And I suspect that we'll see it you know in the list next year for it'll sure. Definitely if be, not, it'll definitely be in the I will edit. next year. <laughs> It'll be a contender for sure. So I love it. So yeah, you can find more information about most of the things that William's doing, obviously, on williamlam.com with a shiny new logo. Looks really sharp, by the way, William. Thank you. Thank you. 
And uh, yeah, and Duncan's still blogging, uh, and yeah, still one of the more prolific bro- bloggers in the uh, V community at yellow bricks, yellow dash bricks.com. So, uh, gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us again on the top VMware admin tools. No problem. All right, well, that music tells me it's time to go. And so if you want to get in touch with us, send us an email at podcast at vmware.com. You can subscribe to us on your podcast app of choice by searching Virtually Speaking Podcast. You can catch this in all episodes at vspeakingpodcast.com. A big thanks to Duncan and William for joining us and geeking out over top tools. We're back next time, but until then, bye for now. Enough of this jibber-jabber.